right, good morning. Episode 30, Conversations with Chris. I'm your host, Chris. And uh, just a day late on the post because I needed to wait for one thing to happen, which happened last night, and I'm really stoked about it. So therefore, we are letting out this episode a little bit late. But um, Spotify, we now have 10,000 followers on Spotify. So there are 10,000 people on Spotify alone that are listening. Week in and week out, it looks like, or it appears to be. And we're really excited about that. So that's been uh, great news and obviously um, something to celebrate. Because if you don't find the little victories in life, then you certainly aren't going to win the entire game. So you have to learn how to celebrate each and every small victory. Find the joy. Find the passion. Find the obsession in the small victories. Because those small victories add up over a lifetime to your life. So expecting nothing makes it easy to appreciate everything. And so today I'm going to talk about some... uh, some interesting stuff because really what's going on now, we've got to look at uh, a bunch of interviews that are coming up. Um, learned a lot in the first 30 episodes of Conversations with Chris and rolling out a new program uh, within the next week. Scheduled to take off over to Indonesia and Asia at the end of the year this year to roll out the new program and super excited about the partnership I have going on out there. Looking forward very much to seeing all my friends and all my peeps on the other side of the world. It's been a few years thanks to the vid, which we won't discuss. And uh, neither here nor there, all kinds of new information, all kinds of new teaching, lots of new opportunities, going to be motivational speaking, going to be doing some podcast work out there, uh, teaching yoga, obviously. Uh, handstands, obviously, and um, numerous other things. Looks like we're going to travel quite a bit around Indonesia and Asia, so we should be there for a while. Um, If you're on that side of the world and you do listen to my podcast, well, we appreciate you, and we're coming your way, so uh, get ready, because I'm going to be looking to talk to you when I get there. So to... uh, to get some people scheduled, that's the uh, the new thing, right? I got to go ahead and do online podcast interviews or over the phone interviews. Uh, either way, for me, it's the same. And I'm happy to uh, understand the uh, process of life. Learning about yourself growing is a painful one. And for some of us, some of you, there's going to be a moment that you will remember that will um, be pivotal in your change, in your awakening, in your enlightenment, your journey. Uh, That moment is the moment that you realize your potential and what you're here for. And I think I heard or saw a meme the other day that said something really cool, like there's two moments in life that really matter the most. One is the moment that you are born and the other is the moment you realize why, which I thought was a really cool little set up for this podcast um so do you know why you're born do you understand what it means to be alive do you understand the value of life are you appreciative for each day do you find the good in your life or do you focus on things that are not as good is there a mindset that you start each day with 
Is there a framework for your life where you're just kind of winging it? These are all questions you have to ask yourself and questions that you have to ask uh, your guides, your mentors, your teachers, your gurus to help you have clarity on um, what exactly is happening in your world. So uh, some of the people that I work with, some of my clients, uh, friends, et cetera, et cetera, have mentioned to me that I should talk a little bit more about uh, what that process and journey is like. Um, so we'll start from a position of addiction. Why do people become addicted to things? And the natural response is, is A, we want to feel a part of something because that's human nature. And if everything else seems divided, sometimes the only time that we can connect with someone else or something else is when we are high. Uh, high may being a very broad term because obviously drugs make you high, but so does exercise. So there's not really a difference between the two. There's a stimulation. Stimulation becomes addicting. That addiction becomes something that we can't live without or we don't want to live without. And because of that process, we then get stuck in this vicious cycle of attempting to get away from our addictions if they're not healthy or perceived as healthy. I would argue anything that has control of your life and makes you wake up every day and want to do it is probably not healthy. Uh, no matter what it is, running, yoga, either way, it's not healthy. Only way it's going to become healthy is when you gain control of the idea. And control isn't the right word. When you gain an understanding, when you gain an acceptance for the concept and idea that you are not here to be obsessed with any one particular thing, you're supposed to be obsessed with life, which is all the things. So the addiction process is really interesting because people go through addiction and they sometimes never make it out and it becomes a disease it becomes a sickness uh, i've been learning a lot about alcoholism which is something that i never knew much about and something i probably won't ever know enough about because it's not something i struggle with but my entire family um, has always struggled with alcoholism and i really just never liked alcohol that much um, so i've had my own ways of avoiding it or things that have been done to uh keep me from drinking mostly smoking weed uh but as i've done that i've also learned that there are people who alcohol is their thing and they love it they live for it and it does rewire the brain now i have been to crossfit gyms uh yoga studios uh climbing gyms calisthenics place uh, facilities uh, workout gyms, powerlifting gyms, trained with all the people in the world. And, uh, you know, each and every one of them, there's always someone who's addicted to what they're doing, right? Crossfitters get the worst name for it because they become obsessed because of the fact that it does so much for them. It's not that CrossFit is a bad program. It's that our egos are out of whack. And because we don't have control of them, we go in and lift heavier than we should. And we go in and hurt ourselves, and then CrossFit gets a bad name. CrossFit itself is functional movement. Functional movement's always going to be healthy for you. Anytime you pick up any kind of weight, if you pick it up, you should be able to put it down in the exact same format, position, and movement that you picked it up in, either in a healthy movement or in an unhealthy movement. Now, there's a ton of people out there that think they know everything, and those people are not going to listen to a word that I'm saying about powerlifting. 
because they believe that their powerlifting knowledge is far beyond anything that I can understand. Because what do I know? I only know yoga. But it's not true. Uh, I've actually been in the weightlifting world. I've been in the martial arts world. I've been in uh, the yoga world. I've been in the inversion world, the acrobatics world, uh, and numerous others. And all of those worlds have given me a fundamental knowledge of each and every one. But ironically, I didn't understand what I was learning about them until later as I started to grow into other practices. So what this means for addiction is is that you can trade an addiction for another addiction, but it doesn't mean that you've healed your addiction. And sometimes that's the case with people where they'll swap one drug for another or one hobby for another or one way of thinking for another. Either way, you're still just trading, right? So in order to heal the addiction side of your life, you have to awaken yourself to the idea that it's not healthy to be obsessed or addicted to any one thing. And if it's occupying your mind all day, or if it's occupying your thoughts and your patterns all week, then it is an addiction and it is unhealthy because the balance of nature has to be the duality of hot, cold, up, down, right, left, etc. Sun and the moon, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, you get the point. So when you become obsessed with something, when you become completely addicted to it, then your mind shifts into a pattern of this is what I need in order to survive. That's okay, but at the same time, like we discussed, if you are doing that, you are not living in balance. And if you're not living in balance, then you're not living in harmony because everything in the nature, everything in the world, everything in the universe is in balance. And we have to become one with nature. We've got to find our ourselves in the patterns of the stuff that we're involved in, in the patterns of the life that we live. We've got to find ourselves in a place where we understand that every day is a gift. We need to be grateful for every gift that we're given, especially the one that's called life. And there isn't any reason to be distracting ourselves from ourselves. So what if we found a healthy addiction? Well, that's great. As long as you keep it in balance and it doesn't become something of a session, it's only healthy as long as it's done in moderation or in balance. There's the key, right? Because if you do anything, you know, you could drink too much water. It's not good for you. <laughs> Fundamentally, there's just limitations on everything. So um, addictions are part of our life. They do lead us out of balance. They do pull us away from being in harmony with the universe, which we have to practice keeping that balance. Now, when the day of awakening comes and you find yourself ready to move on into life and take responsibility for your actions and yourself. Which means from that day forward, you're no longer going to lie. You're no longer going to be what you were before. You're no longer going to treat people poorly. You're going to live a life of love effectively. And when you get to that point, when you get to that day, when you get to that moment, when you find that awakening, it changes your entire existence because from that moment forward, the only thing you can ever think about for a while is all the stuff that you've done thus far that now you have to make amends for and cleaning up the mess that you've made over the last let's say 15 20 years could be really 
difficult, challenging, daunting. It could be a lot. It could be more than you're really wanting to take on right now. But we don't have a choice. So in that case, we have to keep going. We have to keep doing. We have to keep finding our our way. So if we're going to wake up every day anyway, uh, we might as well wake up enlightened. We might as well wake up in a way where we can actually spend our life grateful because it's like going to school, you know. I always figured if I'm going to go to school and I have to be there anyway, why not make A's? I'm already there. So what's the difference? So I did, and A's were what I made. So finding the ways to live with these addictions and turn them into healthy balances that keep you in harmony will get you 10,000 listeners on Spotify. And that's what life's all about, right? Social media, winning on social media. We also crossed the 135, 140,000, I think, total downloads. So starting to move now, I think things are getting uh, interesting. And like I said, I got a lot of great conversations coming up. Haven't been able to do a lot of interviews lately because I've been so busy with this other little project, not little, but global project that I'm working on, which will be out very soon. But for those 10,000 people that have signed on to listen in Spotify, appreciate you very much. And we look forward to uh, hopefully providing you solid content forever and ever and ever. Amen. Now, let's talk about me because I know that's what you want to hear about. Nobody wants to hear about anybody else. They want to hear about Chris, because that's why we do this. So I'm painting today, but uh, we talked about addiction. We talked about awakening. Clearly, I had my awakening moment, and when I did, it changed everything in my life. And it also gave me a sense of purpose. And the purpose that I became aware of was that I am here to help others. And I would imagine that most people who have an awakening end up in that same exact mind frame of I'm here to help others now. I'm not here for myself. I no longer see myself as myself. I no longer see myself as a unique or divided individual from everyone else. I now see myself as connective tissue and I am bringing together other connective tissue to other connective tissue. And in a sense, we're just already together. We just needed to be connected. So as I've gone through this, I found myself over time, finding the balance and finding the peace that I was seeking through not being obsessed or addicted to any one thing. And then as time has gone by, you get to a point where every day you're trying to be a little bit better, trying to help a little more people, trying to improve a little bit more. And it's always the same, right? Be better than you were yesterday. Well, that's a great saying. And it's one of those sayings that I encourage people to do also encourage people to live by however as i talk right now and as i sit here in front of you i want you to know that that can also become a thing where 15 years from now when you're trying to better yesterday you're going to get to a point where it's not going to be as easy to be able to be better than you were yesterday because you're pretty freaking good each and every day and so as you can see the whole game of compounding interest is that you have to keep living every day to the best of your ability and keep getting better well at some point you become addicted to the idea that you have to keep getting better and this is how our funky brains work right because i'm running away from the addictions of drugs alcohol too much exercise too much of this too much of that whatever it is and only to find myself running into a situation where now i'm addicted to getting better i'm addicted to improving myself i'm addicted to helping others i'm addicted to being successful in my definition of successful 
which my definition of successful is based on the number of people's lives that I can touch, even if it's only for a moment, even if it's just to give them a hug. But I'd like to have as many of those opportunities as possible come across my path day in and day out. Now, what happens when you get to that place is, is that you wake up every day and your expectation to get a little bit better becomes a little bit more difficult. And the reason it becomes a little bit more difficult is because you've gotten a lot better. You've improved your life in so many ways, so many aspects, that now you're really meticulously breaking down each and everything about your life, looking for things that you can improve upon so that you can find out how to be the best you that you can be. Is there such thing as a point where you stop? Is there such thing as a point where just breathing and being is enough? And I believe the answer is yes. I believe that's part of the practice and process as well. So as with everything else in earth and in the universe, expansion and contraction, stop, go up, down. The duality of nature, the duality of life, the duality of all things comes into play. And so if you go hard for 15 years and you learn how to do so many new things with yourself and become something different that you're so proud of, when then you wake up trying to find ways to improve upon that person, which is not easy to do because you become really pretty amazing, and then you become depressed or saddened by the fact that you're not improving every day because now you've gotten to the point where you're addicted to your improvement, which is a healthier addiction than most, but also still an addiction. So uh, you got to backtrack. You got to find peace in the fact that maybe moving forward means not moving at all. Maybe, maybe right now becoming a student as opposed to a teacher is better. Maybe becoming a healee as opposed to a healer is uh, where we got to go. But um, yeah, so the addiction to bettering yourself can become something of an obsession and an addiction in and of itself, meaning that now you have gone too far the other way. And uh, it was once described to me that a piece of bamboo, if you bend it long enough in one direction, uh, in order to straighten that bamboo back out, you don't have, you don't hold the bamboo straight. You bend it back the other way completely so that it is counter bending the already bent position in order to bring it back to a straight piece. Uh, so what that means is in order to bring yourself back to a good place, sometimes you just have to sit with yourself and be with yourself and feel a sense of accomplishment for only focusing on yourself instead of focusing on healing others. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're done healing. It just means that you got to recharge your batteries and get back to you. So this is where we start the process of the back and forth here, right? The duality. So we go hard, we go hard, we go hard. Um, in the words of my son this weekend, these guys go hard. So I'm pulling from these young 10-year-olds lingo. But uh, we go hard. And when we go hard, we go at it all the way. And especially when you're awake, you want to go at things in a way where you're going to make a real difference in someone's life if you can keep yourself focused. But then all of a sudden, you run into a point where you don't have anyone that you can really make a difference in their life. And so it seems that you're no longer effective at what you do. But that's not the case. What's happening is, is you're being given the challenge. You're being given the opportunity to step back and take a break so that you can learn again, so that you can recharge and grow again. And maybe the timing of the season isn't right. 
So maybe it's not time to grow. Maybe it's time for you to uh, simply just be and then wait for the next time to grow. Uh, a great example of this would be farming. You know, I don't do any farming right now because I live in the city, but as I get some property, I mean, you know, no, there's not a plant out there that really grows all the time. They're always growing, populating, cultivating, and then destroying because that's how we grow more, right? So we've got to go through that whole entire cycle, but should tell us something about life. We shouldn't stay locked on to one topic or one thing all year long. And the more and more research that's coming out, the more and more science that's being done. Uh, I know it is a weird word to use these days, science, but uh, the more that's happening, the more they're realizing how simple the brain really is at making things into what they are and also how much we are addicted to the stuff that we don't need to be addicted to. So it's in our heads, the ideas, uh, personal records, uh, handstand, where you are on your yoga journey, how many classes you've taught, where you've taught your classes, when are you just happy about helping someone again, when are you at a point where you just are grateful that uh, you're given the opportunity to be in something and potentially make a change in their life. That's where you're supposed to be. But very quickly you get to a place where you start helping people and you start helping people so fast that you forget that you're still supposed to be helping yourself. And so you have to take that break. You have to have that time. And it's happened for me many, many times throughout my journey. Um, some of which where I was uh, hugely successful as a teacher in yoga. And the next day I was failing and no one came to my classes and so I quit teaching. And it was hard because, you know, when you get into teaching yoga in the beginning, um, you really put an uh, identity to yourself. And it's not that you do it on purpose, it's that other people do it to you. Uh, but you become a yoga teacher and the words yoga teacher go to your head. And when they do, all of a sudden, everybody sees you as a yoga teacher. Well, what's the first question that people ask you when you tell them you're a yoga teacher? Basically, um, when you start teaching, right, the idea is, is that as soon as you become a yoga teacher, there's a certain amount of, like, credibility or reverence that's given to you as a teacher. Um, sort of like being a pastor in a church is the best way I can describe it because people see yoga in a way of religion, although it has nothing to do with religion. Um, but we'll use it since it's a term that people understand. So... Religious people don't take this the wrong way, but yoga is not a religion. Yoga is a practice, and that practice is for us to become the most humble, helpful, loving, and beautiful creatures on this earth so that one day, instead of dying, we can just enlighten ourselves into the next generation. And yogis believe that the uh, path to enlightenment is the only way to break the reincarnation process. Neither here nor there. We're just going to go on past all that. Here in America, what it means to be a yoga teacher is that when you tell someone you're a yoga teacher, they ask you, well, where do you teach? And 99% of the time, if you ask that question, the person you're talking to will say, I don't currently teach, but I have a certificate, right? So are you a yoga teacher if you have a yoga certificate, but you don't teach? The answer is no, you're not. Uh, the answer is that you are only a yoga teacher if you actually teach yoga regularly. So to say you're a yoga teacher and not have a class anywhere is not a real thing. 
not that I'm knocking people who say they're yoga teachers that don't have classes. What I am saying, though, is understanding that when I was going through this growth process and my classes weren't working out and I wasn't doing well, it was mostly because of my own personal ego or obsession with self or addiction to yoga. And when I felt that I was out of balance, it was my choice to separate myself from being a teacher and go back to being a practitioner. Now, what did that mean? I already had my certification. I'd already taught successfully thousands of hours of yoga. And here I am giving up my only teaching job, putting myself back on my mat and no longer referring to myself as a yoga teacher. Now I was just a yogi, which there's no shame in going back to your practice. Your practice is what made you a teacher. Your practice is what you share with other people. If your practice is not sound and you are not spending time in it, then you don't have anything to offer people except what you've been taught. So I've taught many, many, many people and certified many, many people in yoga. Most of them can regurgitate what I teach to a T uh, because they've heard it from me so many times. They went through teacher training, so they've had to mimic it many, many times, and they're pretty good at it by now. Um, but effectively... The real juicy teachers, the ones that really get to you, are the ones that are practicing at home and learning about the body and feeling the transitions and understanding the movements. Uh, also realizing that those people are living the eight-limb path and not just the asana portion. So if you are not out there doing the meditation, if you're not providing self-discipline for yourself, if you are not doing the different limbs of yoga, which if you don't know the path, sign up for our teacher training. If you do know the path, then you understand what I'm saying. So lots of things in there that have nothing to do with stretching and everything to do with life. Now, what does all this have to do with the addiction? What does all this have to do with my process? Well, I got addicted to yoga. I got addicted to teaching yoga. And as I got addicted to teaching yoga, I very quickly got humbled by the universe and was sent back to being a practitioner. Now I did it voluntarily. Uh, and I also had no shame in dropping myself backwards because honestly, it felt great to not be a teacher anymore. It felt great to get back to just simply being on my mat and practicing. And I knew that it wasn't over. I just knew that right there and then I couldn't call myself a teacher because I was no longer teaching classes. So fast forward, that situation gets remedied because of the fact that I was on my mat every single day and because I was just a practitioner again. One of my teachers took notice of me and asked me to teach. And then from there, it uh, kept growing and snowballing. And here I am uh, 10 years later, 15 years later. I don't know how long it's been, but certainly uh, teaching still all over the world. Now, when people ask me where I teach now, I do not teach a class because that's not something that you do when you get to a certain point in your journey. Now I teach workshops, uh, retreats, and I travel to other countries and teach the stuff that I've learned to those people. So when people ask me, oh, well, where's your class? Oh, well, the next one's in Singapore. The one after that's in Bali. The one after that's in Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, then people are like, whoa, like what? You're like that kind of teacher? And I'm like, no, I'm still just a teacher. It's just it turns out the other people on the other side of the world find my teaching to be also good and sound and inspiring. And so they request or desire me to come back. 
And quite frankly, I love those people and I love that side of the world and I have a great time over there and uh, I'm looking forward to getting over there. So the addiction process is that um, usually in order to move forward, you have to apply more discipline, more effort. Then there's the times where in order to move forward, you have to apply less effort. And as Tara can vouch for, because uh, I spent about a year of my life saying these two words to her, and she was really the first student that I ever had, that I ever had to say this to. But I told her to try less, because she tries so hard at everything she does, and it's beautiful. But yoga is one of those things where the, there are times where you are to not try. You just need to let things happen. And as they happen, in that process, your letting go gives you the sense of control that you're seeking from pushing too hard. So ironically, right, the more you let go, the more control you have. Control is an illusion anyway, guys. Do not buy into the idea that you ever have control over anything because you do not in any way, shape, or form have control over anything at all on earth ever. Not now, not never, not going to happen, okay? So get rid of the idea. The word control that we're using is more of a managing. We're using it as a term of management. So when you're managing or you believe that you can gain this sense of managing of your life by continuing to press forward, press forward, press forward, then that becomes an addiction, right? Well, to bring balance to that, you have to be able to sit back. Breathe. Become a student again. Learn. And some of my greatest teachers are the ones that have told me that uh, they're forever students. And that is how you maintain being a good teacher is never stop learning. And I have grown greatly from that and also gotten to a place where now I realize and understand that a lot of times when I think that I'm not doing anything, I'm actually growing the most because what's happening is I'm allowing myself to process things that have happened, things that have been said, situations that have gone on that maybe I hadn't spent enough time meditating on. Maybe I needed some more time to really process what was going on with those things. Now, the beauty of the way I live my life, the beauty of my patterns, the beauty of my routine, the beauty of my setup for all of my life is that within 30 days, there isn't a situation that has ever happened to me in my life that I cannot find forgiveness in 30 days and the ability to let it go and release it from my existence forever within 30 days. Now for me, that 30 day period is tumultuous, 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 is that right? Tumultuous. Gosh, now I don't even know what the word means because yeah. So anyway, uh, it's, challenging that month uh, because I beat myself up. I go up and down. I go through all the things I could have done differently, should have done differently, could have said differently. And I go through all the possible scenarios. And every time I start one of those scenarios, what I end up doing is going, but if this would have happened now, if the two letters I and F is the longest word in the entire dictionary, because as soon as you use it, anything and everything after that becomes a hypothetical situation. And now you're trying to rationalize a hypothetical situation. So if 
the sun didn't rise, then I wouldn't get sunburned. But that's an if that is never going to not happen because if it didn't, you would also die because everything on this planet would die, right? So the ifs are big ifs, but understanding and learning to find the balance and understanding and learning that if you can get yourself to a point where after 30 days, you no longer think of a situation anymore, it's completely gone from your mind and from your life. Well, in order to make that happen, you have to make peace with it first. So for me, a lot of those things I can do in three days, a lot of those things I can do the same day. Pretty cool. But some things take a little longer than others because some things are more challenging for us to release tumultuous tumultuous i don't know man but i got this cool new guy on uh on instagram that you guys gotta follow because here i'll just play a little clip for you guys and you can hear it as part of the podcast because it's like straight up fun uh and i'm learning all kinds of new words from this guy but uh yeah so um before i wrap we'll go ahead and play a word of the day from this dude see if i can find him what's his name What is it? Don something. That's it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Don. Don Hewley. And he's he's at um, Don H-U-E-L-Y on IG. And uh, yeah, he's pretty funny. So let's pick a word, a word of the day. I'm just going to go ahead and grab one because I really don't know what these ones are. But he always does these really cool word of the day. Here you go. Ostro bog you lus ostrobogulus adjective ostrobogulus is defined as something bizarre unusual slightly risque or indecent yet humorous about three years ago yours truly that's me don hewley couldn't catch a wink on the advice of our very own douglas i popped a couple of his sleep enhancing gummy bears Far from a peaceful slumber, I found myself sprinting as naked as the day I was born through a sweltering Palm Springs midnight. An ostrobogulus turn of events, if ever there was one. Oh, there you have it. That's ostrobogulus. Ostrobogulus. How would you describe the most ostrobogulus moment of your life? Douglas? Ostrobogulus? I'm Don Hewley, and that's the Daily Word. Ostrobogulus. So... How would you define the most ostrobogulous word or situation of your life? Uh, That's a really good question and one that I'll have to think about. So he certainly brings into play a lot of um, really interesting stuff because, you know, it's not until I see these words that I realize there is a word to sum up a certain set of emotions that we may not understand. And as somebody who's a student of emotions, a student of learning how to um, classify, identify, uh, and choose the correct emotions for each and every situation, but always using logic and reason as my director to get me through life. Um, I'm always evaluating the ifs that I ask myself because those ifs can be really, really big roadblocks and can cause you a lot of stress and a lot of um, pain, struggle, agony. So getting to the point where in 30 days I can let go of any situation forever was pretty powerful because I used to hold on to things for years, never let them go ever. 
now, even the worst of the worst situations. And I use the word worst because I don't really have a better word, but you understand what I'm saying. The situations we don't like, uh, even those for me now take less than a month to completely vanquish from my existence. And there's no thought, there's no emotion attached to anything anymore uh, based on those situations. Um, only love and love for the things that I gained from the situation. Love for the people that were involved in the situation because it's important to continue to love people even as you forgive them and let them go. Um, and love for myself, for understanding that I'm not perfect and I'm human and that I'm going to make mistakes. And when I do make those mistakes, Hopefully, the people that I surround myself with are the kind of people that will be right there to help me through my mistakes because ultimately, it's my choice who I choose to be around and ultimately, the people that I choose to be around are going to be the ones that stick forever and who can tell the truth because the truth is the only thing that allows a relationship to be built successfully on. Uh, anything less than the truth, you're doing yourself a disservice, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your partner's time, everyone's wasting time, and time is the ultimate currency because money doesn't matter, time does. So let's get back to what I started talking about today, which was, what was I talking about, Sarah? Growth. Growth, that's right. And also the idea that you can become addicted to healing, you can become addicted to being a healer, you can become addicted to anything in this world. The trick is find balance. So whatever it is that you're having trouble with being addicted to today, whether it be money, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be sports, whether it be your children, whether it be a parent, whatever the terminology you want to fulfill right there is, it's feeding a part of your brain that is not keeping you in balance, which is not making you the healthiest, best version of yourself that you can be. So 10,000 Spotify followers is more followers than I could ever have imagined would be listening to my podcast that's a crazy number to me i'm not even sure i understand that but at the same time it's not something i'm addicted to i am not chasing the numbers i am grateful for the numbers the numbers show that people are still listening which encourages me to keep talking because i'll be honest there's a lot of weeks where i don't want to talk anymore and we're about to head into a new section of conversations with Chris. We've teased and played with the interview process, um, and we've had some fun. We've had some good interviews, but we're about to get into some really, really, really uh, interesting people, and we're going to do them online. Also, traveling to Indonesia and Asia is going to give me a chance to uh, do a lot of interviews over there. I've got some public speaking engagements coming up where I'm going to hopefully instill some of the things that I put on my podcast into people's lives. And also making some contacts and having some connections here in the Central Florida area with some really amazing people here. So, all said and done, I am on my second painting. My first painting I decided was finished. My creation is my meditation. And so for years and years and years, I spent so much time focusing as my mantra on balance. And guess what I got? Balance. And then I spent years focusing on patience. Guess what I got? I got the opportunity to practice patience. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. You don't get patience. You get the opportunity to practice patience. So now my new mantra, because I believe that I've gotten the patience part down, the balance part down, is creation. Why not create whatever I can, whenever I can, and as much of it as I can? 
It's not for anyone else. It's because every time I create something, it gives me a sense of worth, a sense of being alive. And for me, at a time and a point where I am now, which is a preparation phase to get ready to go be busy, 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 this is the time where I really need to focus on creating things that are going to remind me of the journey that I had during that time period and will also give me the sense of satisfaction and closure and gratification that I really crave because I'm doing my own mantra for myself. Creation is my meditation. So you guys are going to hear me say that a lot and that's because I'm constantly reminding myself that that's what's going on. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys will recognize in that that... Um, that everything I create is 100% to be inspiring. I'd like for people to find inspiration in my creation. And that's my, let's say my intention for what I'm doing. So neither here nor there. I think today's podcast is long enough. Yeah. How long is it? Okay, we have no idea. Anyway, thank you guys for following along on Spotify. 10,000 is a crazy number. I'm really grateful for everybody. Uh, the 140,000 downloads that we're at, amazing also. Couldn't thank you guys enough. Um, and be ready. Here we go. We're going to start doing some new interviews, some online conversations. I want you guys to meet some of the people that inspire me. And those people that inspire me that are listening to my podcast, hit me up. Let's get you on the list. We're going to be sending out a link everyone sign up and we're going to do massive amounts of recording also you guys we're videoing these recordings these days so they are on youtube you can go check them out we also are going to go live on ig uh, coming here in the future because i'm sure you'd like to see what i'm painting and what i'm not wearing <laughs> anyway have a great week love you all bye